There you go. All right. Hey, what's up, guys? This is Manny Fresh and Esco, F Coast. S Coast? S East Coast. <laughs> East Coast, West Coast, F Coast. Uh, this is us again. We're here to uh, give you No Name Games episode four. Episode four. Yeah. After watching um, Black Mirror, was it? Yeah. First episode, season four? First episode, season four, Black Mirror. We just watched it. Uh, we're probably late because I think they're already on like episode three yeah. of that season. But uh, episode four is amazing. It's about virtual reality. What do you mean episode three? Isn't it like all the episodes are launched at the same time? I'm not sure because it's the oh, first okay. time I watch the series. So. Oh, you haven't seen all the other seasons? No, oh, I, I made the mistake God. of turning on Netflix. And watching the first episode of season four? And just pressing play. <laughs> <laughs> I literally just pressed play and what played was this the first episode of season four. And I didn't even question it because the way the episode starts is with the CTO of the company, Robert Daly, walking out of the turbo lift. In that suit, yeah. the Space Fleet suit. And I'm like, what is this? Some alternate Star Trek dimension? And so I was hooked from, from yeah, that moment yeah. on. They got you on that yeah. very second. They hooked me and any other Star Trek. Well, nerd. you definitely have to watch season one. I think it's yeah. my favorite. Okay. It's very disturbing okay. at moments, especially episode one. Okay. And that was the, the episode that actually hooked me. With, okay. the, with the show it was episode one it's very disturbing but it's it's simply genius well the reason that I I will definitely watch episode one I gotta go back you gotta just I gotta do go that back one. Uh, you gotta do it after we record the show and then tomorrow we'll, we'll talk, talk about, about it. it okay alright I'll do that <laughs> one of the reasons that I started watching Black Mirror and it's actually related to gaming yeah. is because I heard that Black Mirror is gonna be one of the first Netflix shows that gives users, or rather viewers, but maybe now users, the ability to choose alternate endings for their shows. Yeah. So it's going to be your choose-your-own-adventure show. Exactly. And I already told you how much I love Choose Your Own Adventure yeah. and Joe Dever and Lone Wolf. So, and that the book that I'm working on is part, uh, part of that, uh, is that type of literature. So I'm excited to, yeah. to talk about I'm Black wondering Mirror how you're going to be able to choose things. Yeah, it's going to be weird. Yeah. And I don't think that they're going to wait until the very end of like the episode for you to choose endings. I think that you're going to be able to choose, if they do it right, mm-hmm. you're going to be able to choose the actions of certain people at certain parts of the show. On the spot? On as the you spot. watch the show? On the spot. As you watch the show, imagine a guy's got a gun to somebody's head and you get a choice all of a sudden. That's interesting. I, I'm, I'm wondering if... We we will definitely get an an update on the app, yeah. the Netflix app. Yeah, it'll tell us. It yeah. should tell us. But uh, so yeah, so that's what we just did. So we're all hyped up about virtual reality right now. And I think our next show, I think when we go to episode five, we're gonna talk about virtual reality the whole the yeah, whole time. We can do um, that. And by then, I will have already because I'm probably gonna pick up a Vive or an Oculus this week. Oh at really? Some point. Yeah, I think I I'm gonna know. do it. I'm gonna pull the trigger. Uh, just because I want to, I want to use Tilt Brush, and I want to play with certain things. Did you see what I posted on Instagram? I did. That was so That's cool. So sick. It was so cool. If you guys haven't seen uh, F Coast's Instagram, go ahead and follow him at uh, F Coast at F Coast E F C O S. Yeah. Uh, the, the latest thing that he posted was pretty cool. Uh, 
but yeah, getting into the visuals, right? Getting into what things look like. Uh, just what he posted there was like out of control. Yeah, um, you look like a space lord. You look like a, <laughs> you look like a, some sort of godly figure out of a comic book. Is what you look like with all those brilliant million points yeah. of light shooting out of your face. And the music was amazing too. Oh yeah, well the music again. Going back to episode three, the music is what makes it. Right? Because you know what? I'll be honest with you. The first time I saw it, I didn't have the sound on. Oh okay. And I was like, wow, this is fantastic. And then I went back and with the sound, of course, it was awesome. Uh, so yeah, so the episode today for for our discussion today is is about Hispanic gamers, and uh, as you as you guys already know, myself and Fcos are Hispanic gamers, and what does that even mean? What does it even mean to be a Hispanic gamer? Do, should we even classify ourselves? Do we want to paint ourselves into a corner? Do we want to be in this box? I think part of it for me is I want to bring light to certain demographics. Uh, and and psychographic figures that I have been privy to after doing some research. I want to let everybody out there know what the numbers actually look like because there are a lot of stereotypes out there about yeah. Hispanic gamers. So I'm here to kind of break down those walls and, yeah, I, and talk about that. I'm not the sensitive type. Really? Like in, yeah, I'm not the, the very sensitive type of, you know, uh, oh, I want to be included, or I'm super sensitive. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not very sensitive about. You're you hurting know, my, my feelings by what you're saying right background. now. But, <laughs> but, and I was a little bit um, like hesitant when you mentioned to me that uh, about doing this show about mm -hmm. Hispanic gamers, and then I started looking things online, and you started telling me things that happened to you mm -hmm. personally, and I was like, hmm, really. Yeah, maybe there's something to it. Yeah, and then I started doing research. I, st I started talking to people and, and reading things. And yeah, I mean, there's this kind of weird stereotypical thing for Hispanics in, in gaming, especially multiplayer. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and not just in multiplayer. So say you don't play multiplayer. I really want <coughs> to get to multiplayer. Which I because, really don't. Yeah, you don't play a lot of multiplayer. Yeah. So this, the actual part uh, of, the of the lack of Hispanicity in gaming actually happens in games that are not multiplayer so if you if you go back to uh games like vice city um or uh uh resident evil 3 or dead rising or saints row these are these are games you know these games are kind of old by now right i mean we're yeah. talking about 2013 2014 but those are the games that that we were playing back then and and when i was looking at these studies I, I noticed that there was a common theme. And believe it or not, what, what made me start to think about this wasn't a game. It was actually watching Cars 3 with my son. <laughs> <laughs> Cars 3? Cars like 3. the Pixar movie? Yeah, the Pixar movie, Cars wow. 3. And I realized that, <laughs> that, the, that the Hispanic character in Cars 3, Cruz Ramirez, is actually an ML amalgamation of all these different Hispanic types. Yeah. Okay, so her name is Cruz Ramirez, right? So what do you think of that name? Where would you think that a person named Cruz Ramirez comes from? Just by listening to the name. Cruz Ramirez is Mexican. It could be It could be almost anything, but you automatically gravitate towards Mexican. Well, Cruz, yes. El nombre Cruz yeah. is like, okay, that's Mexican. Ramirez could be from anywhere. Yeah, Ramirez could be Cuban, Puerto Rican, yeah. anywhere. But Cruz, Ramirez, Pero Cruz is very Mexican. Ramirez, right? To so me. It's very Mexican. And, uh, 
And then when you watch the cartoon, which, by the way, Cars 3 is a fantastic movie. Yeah. Uh, not to take anything away from it because I love it. But when you watch the movie, you start to realize that uh, at one in one scene when Cruz is uh, trying to train Lightning McQueen, she's, <laughs> she's doing it with like reggaeton type music oh my god which is not really, really? yeah it's not it's not really it's it's counter to what you would have thought you know yeah i th- then there's another hispanic character in the sh- in the in the movie well i have to say something go ahead that is that it's funny because it's also that for for americans mm-hmm. a lot of hispanics are mexicans correct like they're the same thing it's right. like you speak Spanish, you're, you're Mexican. Mexican. It's exactly. not that you are yeah. Latino or you know from South America. It's right. that oh, you're a Mexican. Like I was, I was living in Texas, and I was talking Spanish in a supermarket, and the lady asked us like, "Hey, um, why are you speaking?" Yeah, um, and we're like, "We're speaking Spanish." Yeah, and she was saying, "No, because mm-hmm. you're not speaking like my Mexican friends." Right. So we were like, okay, we're not Mexicans. Right, exactly. <laughs> but yeah, Latin America is Mexico. Right. Like for Dominicans, United States and Nueva York. Right. Todo <laughs> the United States and Nueva York. <laughs> Nueva York with an L. Uh, I, I told someone. So we're once, even on that. Yeah, so we're, I, I think guess. we're even. I guess we're even. Let's just call it all even. And then we can move on to talking about games. But uh, there's another uh, Hispanic character in the, in the movie. He's got a very small role. And he's one of the he's one of the cars that Cruz Ramirez trains, and so he's on the trainer, and he looks really sad. And Cruz says to him, "Oh, are you missing your 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 village?" And he's like, "See, oh, wow. the village." Yeah, his village. And he's like, "See," and then she goes, uh, "Okay." And then she flashes an image in front of him on this on the monitor of his village in. It's got to be Mexico because then he goes, Santa Cecilia, mi pueblo, <laughs> and he gets excited again. And she's like, win for them, you know? So it's like, that was it. But it's pueblo village, it's not, it's town. Well, Santa Cecilia, mi pueblo, like, you know. Well, yeah, that's what, but, but that's where I'm going, the use yeah. of the word village. It is. It's, it's a, like it's, a little bit. It's it's a little, it's like village. Like, we, yeah, it's the pueblo. Like we're Indians. Too. Yeah. <laughs> we live in the pueblo. <laughs> El pueblo. Uh, el pueblo. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so I started thinking about that when I watched the movie and I thought, you know, Cruz Ramirez, such a great character, kind of dynamic in that sense where, you know, you, you, the name is Mexican, but but she kind of embodies a lot of different things about, about Hispanics. She? Yeah, I oh, feel like she? she's a she. Yeah, she's totally a she. Cruz Ramirez? Yeah, Cruz oh. Ramirez is totally a she in, okay. in, the, in the movie. Okay. Um, La Cruz, yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. So, uh, the movie's great. Um, recommend it to anybody that hasn't seen Cars 3. I haven't seen it, so thank you. Check it out. <laughs> and then, you know, thinking about that movie, I, I, I started thinking about how underrepresented Hispanic gamers are. It's not something that I've never thought of before. It just reminded me of it. And I started to do some research. But, so, okay. okay. Le- but, let, me, let me give you some research yeah, yeah, first, yeah. okay? So, imagine a world where... Video game players are only allowed to play characters from their own ethnicity. Mm-hmm. We Latinos would not be able to play <laughs> because we don't have any characters. Yeah, we don't have any characters. And I thought about this also in comic books. How many Hispanic heroes do you know of? How many Hispanic comic book heroes are there? Okay, can you name one? 
No, I can't. I know. Isn't it hard? But why? I'm not putting you on the but spot. Why should there be Hispanic? There, there shouldn't. Maybe there shouldn't be. Maybe there's no purpose for them or no reason for them. Like if I create, like if I go back to Condorito. Mm-hmm. Who's Condorito for people Condor- who don't know? Well, Condorito is a character. It's a Chilean comic. Okay. So just so everybody knows, uh, the only comics that I read when I was a, when I was a, a little kid was uh, Latin American comics. Right. So what I read was Condorito, Calimán, Aguila Solitaria. Calimán. Samurai, John Barry Samurai. Okay. So, these are Mexican comics right. and uh, Chilean comics, and I don't know from from if if there's from somewhere else, but Condorito or or Calimán or all that. I mean, they were Latin American, and they're not representing any other plays. I mean, I'm right. pretty, just I'm purely, pretty sure just purely that, Hispanic, right? Yeah, purely I mean, I'm pretty sure that if in DR, a comic comes up, it's going to be with Dominicans, no? Right, and I guess that's true. Uh, and the people that created Marvel, Stan Lee, Jack Kirby, they created heroes the same way that we would create heroes in probably our own image, right? And it's nor- it's natural for a creator to do that. I want to create something that I understand even, you know, you no. can... It's unfair that you ask me to it's because totally I, I know nothing <laughs> about comics. I mean, I know what comes out comes out in the movies. Sure, yeah. Um, I put and you on I, the spot. Yeah. When when you asked me, I was thinking about movies. Like, right. which one is? But it's interesting. No, so so think of. So here's what. But I think they're very inclusive. Here's where my mind my gravita- gravitates towards when I think of that. So first of all, I know that the that the only Hispanic character to really play a role in like Marvel comics mm-hmm. is this one female character. I can't remember her name right now. That's how obscure she is. <laughs> but she's like a side character and she's like allied with Nick Fury um, and she's like a yeah. secret agent. Um, so I th- that's the only character that I can really remember. Uh, when I think of comics today in the movies, I think, unfortunately, she's not... A Dominican character, but I think of Zoe Saldana's uh, Oh yeah, Gamora, yeah, yeah. You know, and and that's my Hispanic superhero. Yeah, but right she's now. still alien. I know. I'm talking about inclusiveness, I know. <laughs> We're including even aliens. Exactly. So it's. I don't think it's fair. So maybe to your point, it's not fair to say. Oh, you know, there aren't. There are no Hispanic superheroes. Well, I mean, I, I, that's a given, and I and I agree with that. There's no Hispanic superheroes I can think of. That doesn't necessarily mean there was an intention of not including... I mean, it doesn't necessarily mean we hate Hispanics. We're not going to create Hispanic super. Right. I think that's, I think that's the point we're, we're, we're trying to make is that nobody did this intentionally. It wasn't malicious yeah, yeah. on anyone's I mean, part. Uh, would it be been, nice to have a Hispanic would superhero be nice? that sure. would go out sure. the city and say, you can say, oh, you don't talk on you. But <laughs> that would be awesome. Yeah. But you know, uh, a superhero that, um, you know, that has like uh, merengue power <laughs> yeah. or something, you know. <laughs> that would be very stereotypical. Though, it would but. be so stereotypical. <laughs> people might get pissed. So here's what happens. You get Tambora people what they power. want. <laughs> Tambora power, merengue power, platano power. Um, people would get so mad. Uh, especially if it, if it was, you know, done in, in kind of like a crass way. You know what's funny though? Living here in Miami as long as I have and living in Hialeah as long as I have. Yeah. Have you seen the Cuban Superman? No. You've never seen the image no. of the Cuban Superman? Okay, so you're going to have to look that one up online. <laughs> but he's so funny. So great. Yeah, I'm going to just pull him up real quick while, while I'm talking about him. So the Cuban Superman... Is that a peachy film something? No, it's it's not a peachy film. It should probably be a peachy film. <laughs> but if it's not... But it's, re- it's an image of Superman 
And here he is. Let's celebrate the Super Meng. A Super Meng. <laughs> Defender of Hialeah. That's okay. so awesome. He's got a gold chain. Yeah, of a, course. A, a, tank, a white tank top. <laughs> and his, like, you know, he's got a five o'clock shadow. The cap is a, a Cuban flag. The cape is the Cuban flag. Yeah. <laughs> and his, his pants are ripped and he's got chancletas on. Oh my God, that's so Tell awesome. me that's not awesome. Yeah. So that's, that's great. So to bring everything full, cir- full circle, we do have a... Hispanic superhero. <laughs> his name is Superman, and he's the defender of. Hyrule. Now, if I go back to video games and try to think of Hispanics in video games, well, I I can't think of <laughs> this video game that I saw a long time ago. I don't even know the name of the mm-hmm. game, but it was like a fighting game, like Street Fighter game, mm-hmm. and we're talking about Super NES times, right? Um, maybe a little later, but the. There was a, a scenario that was in Dominican Republic. And when we chose that, it was a jungle with monkeys and shit. No way. And I was like, what is going on here? Where is that jungle? <laughs> yeah, exactly. I want to go. I would love to. <laughs> I want to see monkeys. There's yeah. no monkeys. There's no in monkeys DR. in the VR. So I don't know where they found that. But yeah. yeah. Um, so if, but going back to that, I think it's a good, uh, it's a good segue here. So, if you wanted to pick a game character that was Hispanic, you could choose between you could choose between Victor Gonzalez, one of the main thugs of Los Carnales, right? Mm-hmm. You could choose Carlos Oliveira, a mercenary from South America. Uh, you know, and maybe those aren't the attractive examples of the average three percent of video game characters that are recognized as Latino. Three percent of all characters. Okay, and well, by the main way, characters, right? Of that three percent, less than five percent are actually playable. Yeah, exactly. So it's even it's even lower, um, and that's actually a study that was done called the Virtual Census: Representations of Gender, Race, and Age in Video Games. So if, if anybody's interested in looking at that study, um, but so but one question: but here, here are the characters that are identified as Latino: Miguel Caballero Rojo from Tekken Six. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I remember. Victor Rodriguez from Saints Row. Isabella yeah. Keys from Dead Rising, Ricardo Velasquez from Killzone. Remember Killzone? Yeah. And Carlos Oliveira from Resident Evil Three. That's where I pulled Carlos from. Mm-hmm. Um, and and so that's what it ta- that's what the the research shows. And then uh, just a couple other research nuggets. According to Simmons, which is a company that we use every day at work too, uh, Latinos are thirty two percent more likely than non Latinos to consider video games their main source of entertainment. And then on top of that. Latinos are 54% more likely to buy a video game the day it's released than non-Latino gamers. Isn't that interesting, though? It is. That there's no representation and we are, are still the, we're over-indexing buying games. And we're the fat, like, yeah, we're the, we have the most consumption in the, in the short term yeah, than, any, than any other uh, demographic. That's interesting. It is. I think so, too. <clears throat> now, as a creator, because I know you write stories and you... yeah. How do you create your characters? So I like to when I when I put a character into a story, it depends on the type of story that I'm writing, but usually what I do is I like to understand a few things about my character before I start writing about them. Exactly. So I like to understand what their flaws are, what motivates them. Uh, so as a creator, like I think it's because I, I, I put myself in the shoes of a creator, right? Right. Um, and we are both creators. We, right. do, we, we create shit mm-hmm. all the time. So at the moment, I'm writing a story. I, I actually wrote a movie, right? 
<clears throat> and when I, by the way, if you listen, uh, if you yeah, hear if you, a, 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 a little dog barking, it's because we are in a different setting today. We are at Manny Fresh's uh, home and the dog is outside. So. Yeah, Gandalf the Grey. His name <laughs> Gandalf. is Gandalf the Grey. Uh, he's outside and, and he's going to bark at everyone that's yeah, outside. So, that's not important. That's not important. He also wants to contribute to the yeah. podcast. <laughs> he's giving his opinion. Yeah. Uh, what I was saying is we're both creators. We do things and you're writing stories. Mm -hmm. And I'm actually writing a story now and I wrote a story. I remember when I wrote a movie... I was hired to write. It, it was for the Mexican market. And I didn't know how to write for the Mexican market. I didn't know how to talk Mexican. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I didn't know how to use the words. I mean, there's some generic words that you know. Because, I mean, we live here in Miami. I know Mexicans. But it's not 100% in me. So the way I wrote the movie wasn't really Mexican. Right. So. They had to hire somebody to rewrite the script and add, not to rewrite the script, but to add the Mexican language. Stylistic mm -hmm. editing. And now I'm writing my own story because I was hired to write this story. I mean, it was somebody else's story. It was the director's story. Right. I just made the dialogue and, and told the story in the script. But now I'm writing my own idea, my own thing. Like, not halfway through because I, I'm, I'm like 20 pages in the script. But, like, around writing maybe page 10 or 15, I realized that my character, the environment where he lives, the city, the town, everything, was ending up being Dominican. Oh, wow. It, 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 and it wasn't intentional. Mm -hmm. I didn't set my mind to do a Dominican story or mm -hmm. a Dominican character. Mm -hmm. But... When it came to writing and to how do you, um, making the dialogues and how they talk and how they behave and and it's about it's around drugs and shit in the story, um, <clears throat> I ended up in the R. Wow! So yeah, you didn't do it purposely. It, it, it wasn't something purpose. So putting myself in the shoes of a creator. Don't feel bad because I've created like five Dominican wizards. <laughs> Those are some powerful spells, man. Yeah. <laughs> Those are powerful. Yeah. yeah. The wizards have different spells in the morning than they do in the afternoon. Uh, but yeah. But that I, happens, and I'm putting it. myself in the shoes of this. You know, developers who are from the U.S., who are from Europe, from from Asia. Mm -hmm. You know, I think most people mostly um, complain about Western games because if you think about it, Asians. Mm -hmm. What are they going to... I mean, Final Fantasy, you see the characters, they're kind of anime and... Yeah, but what is anime? Well, what, what I mean, do, you, ident you, you, you ident like? they don't look like anything in the world, but, they don't, but they don't you automatically Asian. say this is Japanese or this right. is Asian. I mean, it's in, in, in cartoon, if there was a cartoon race in humanity, anime would be, anime would be Jap Japan. Right. <clears throat> so, I don't know. I mean, I think, uh, yes, there. I agree, there's no... 
I'm going back to what I said already. There's no Hispanic characters in gaming, especially, especially characters that you play with. Because I mean, right now, like I'm playing Tomb Raider, Shadow of the Tomb Raider, right? And it's set up in South America, right? And all yeah. of the that's not to say that there aren't Hispanic settings. Yeah, and there are Hispanic areas and places and music and all that other. It's stuff. characters, it's just characters that we're that talking you about. actually yeah. play with, yeah. and you are right. I agree with that. I but, mean, but Hollywood has been the same too. Mm-hmm. So, like going back to comic books and going back to the movies, it doesn't necessarily mean that that it, it's good or bad that they're not there from a, from it, the perspective of I'm I'm being entertained. I'm not looking for. I'm not looking specifically for a character to be Hispanic or not. Mm-hmm. You know, that's not. I don't get enjoy any more enjoyment or less enjoyment out of the movie. I want the acting to be good overall. I want the writing to be good overall. I want the sound to be good. Yeah, of course. The visual. It doesn't matter to me how it's created or who created it. But it it is a point to make saying that there is there is a lack of it. And and even if you look at like I was saying Hollywood. Uh, you know, now in, in in our time, I think there have been a lot more Hispanic actors and actresses. Yeah. Uh, you know, than than before, uh, and and that has evolved too. So I think that what we would see in today's video game industry is also the evolution of Hispanic characters in games. Well, I'm gonna say that yes. Um, again, if I go back to. It depends on who's creating the story or who's creating the characters and all that. I think that has to do more than something intentional. And, I mean, I think it's unfair to for a developer or a writer or a creative person just to create a Spanish character just to, to say, that oh, let me it. be inclusive. Yeah. Um, I mean, well, if, I go, if I go to Mexico and watch a Mexican doing. movie, they're going to be Mexicans all over the place. Right. And doesn't, I mean, there's a lot of Argentinians in Mexico. Right. I mean, I, w- I would think that in Mexico, there's a lot of people from other places right um in dr there's a lot of venezuelans now there's a lot of argentinians i mean i met argentinians in dr when i used to live there dominican movies are dominicans right um so i think that happens here this is a way more diverse um um, country market economy yes and everything yes uh but again, I mean, I, it, I think it has to do with who's creating the game. And going to that, have you ever sat down through the credits of a video game? Only a few times. There's a lot of Hispanic names. Well, yeah, so that I, we were going to get to that. So just because there aren't Hispanic characters, there yeah. are many, 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 many good Hispanic writers, artists, illustrators. Yeah. And for comic books, I can't even, you know, I mean, there's so many So my question is, why isn't that being reflected in the game in, in the games or in the characters i don't know i mean it's it's, it's a great you got uh, a message point um <laughs> and i just got a message uh and the message says hispanic gamers are coming <laughs> to more games no i'm just kidding uh what what uh what i wanted to say though was i think at some point you have to think that it does eventually come through the lens of either the writers yeah. or the artists that say i'm going to give this character a little bit more diversity and i think if those characters are created what you will find is hispanics that can associate latinos that can associate more with these characters they'll be more invested in those characters and the growth that you've seen now today again the growth that we're talking about latinos 54 percent more likely to buy a video game the day it's released than non-latino gamers that growth is coming from characters that are you know these we're buying games that are obviously not focused on us uh and characters that are like us imagine if they were 
Yeah. Imagine if they were. So we're talking about the opportunity here. We're also talking about the opportunity and, and how to bridge that gap for Hispanics. Now, let's pivot a little. So instead of characters and games and the writers and everything, the players, Hispanic gamers like us. Mm-hmm. So, Well, uh, 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 I got to say one thing is that before getting into that, that for once we get a very Hispanic, not Hispanic American, but a setting with characters, maybe not playable characters because I, I didn't play that game, but important characters in the story mm-hmm. and there are they are gangs uh, yeah gangsters of you know it's this game from ubisoft it's uh highlands or something like that i don't remember it's one of those big open worlds by ubi mm-hmm. um and it's set in bolivia mm-hmm. and it's against uh, uh you know a gang a huge gang like la mara or something like right. that so it's it's kind of sad that when we are being, you know, kind of protagonist in a game, even though it's an antagonist, but it's a, a high-profile characters. Right. They're like gang leaders and that kind of right. stuff. But it, it, we Hispanics also do that because our shows are about yeah. uh, the El Cartel, the yeah. Sinaloa. Uh, I mean, we can't avoid Pablo what's Escobar. right. We can't avoid what's in our culture. <laughs> we can't avoid what's in yeah, our culture. Yeah, gangs and uh, gangs and. The mob, the mafia, all that stuff is in our culture. It, but it's in also in every other culture. Yeah. It's not something unique to us. It's exactly. just that it just happens to come through. One of the greatest strongly. movies in, in history is The Godfather. Right, of course. And so. that's about the Italian the Italian mob. So, mm-hmm. you know, and, and actually those games, that movie is probably what spawned a lot of the, the archetypes for... All the games that we've played afterwards that are mob-related games, like oh, Vice yeah. City and, and Grand Theft Auto, and they all, all have all storylines. Yeah, they have they have little little uh, little homages and plays to mm-hmm. those massive characters like Don Corleone. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, I think that's that's actually really interesting. But then when you start to talk about Hispanic gamers as as a community that plays games. Look around the world and you see right away, here here in the United States, the United States is moving forward into esports now, I think faster than ever than ever before. Um, I think that at some point, people, this culture started to realize that this wasn't a fad, that it wasn't going away. Uh, other countries had already realized that and are way ahead of us in terms of esports, like Japan, like China, like Korea, yeah. uh, like Sweden, like Switzerland, like Norway, like Russia. I mean, there's so many countries out there that support esports and support gaming, support gamers, that it's really, uh, you know, it's really sad that I think that we're just now starting to catch up. Look at Overwatch League. Mm-hmm. Look at Overwatch League. Who is in Overwatch League? Who plays for the Florida Mayhem? Do you know who plays for the Florida no, I have Mayhem? No clue. Okay. Um, well, I'll tell you what, it ain't anybody from Hialeah. <laughs> uh, it, it's nobody from, I don't even, I don't even know uh, how many people are actually from Florida that, that play in the Florida Mayhem. If you look at their roster, you've got, uh, Apply, you've got Saya Player, um, you've got Awesome Guy, uh, these guys are all Korean, you got Kevin Lindstrom, I think Kevin is from, I think Kevin is from, from Norway, uh, 
none of these guys are actually Floridians. So isn't that weird? Like, yeah. how do we have a team of people from Florida that aren't from Florida? Well, I mean, in the Miami Heat, are, are all the team members from Florida? Or from no, Miami? they're not. They're not. But, I mean, that that's – and I get that. You know, you want the best players representing your hometown, right? Mm-hmm. But the Miami Heat's different. They play here. You know what I mean? It isn't a virtual arena. Uh, so okay. you go to yeah. see them Makes here. Sense. You buy a ticket and you're there. You go buy yeah. – you know, you, you take part of the experience. This is <clears> eSports. <throat> so unless you're going to Buffalo Wild Wings to go watch them with your friends, yeah. you're still really only watching a team of – the team that's calling themselves Florida. But how do they represent this community? They we, don't. We should start a team. I'm totally starting a team right now. <laughs> we, we talked about ca- yeah. this kind of things uh, way before when we met. Yeah, we did. And, and it was one of the things that I was passionate about. And I told you that I would have loved to have started uh, a, a league of of gamers that represented Florida or that represented yeah. South Florida. Because there are a lot of great gamers here. And just a lot of great Hispanic gamers. But, but even outside of Hispanic gamers, there's just a lot of great gamers here. I've well, met so I many, mean, we so are great over-indexing and in, in buying games. Right. I, I would, I would, you would expect imagine that, yeah, that, that now, there's okay. a lot of good players, no? Yeah, and I've met a lot of them. You know, with World of Warcraft, I've met a lot of players. Yeah. Uh, it's funny because the guild that I was in, uh, that we were semi-hardcore when I went to BlizzCon, we met up. And uh, believe it or not, I was the only Hispanic. Oh, really? In my guild. And what's the kind of perception of WoW gamers? Is there any particular that happened to you while gaming because, you know, uh, they knew you were Hispanic? Is there Was there any attack on that, uh, on you being Hispanic? or? I don't think from my, I don't think from my guild there was, uh, but I think with, within the MMO community, maybe the WoW community at that point, um, you know, maybe... Uh, maybe not for, not really just, not for Hispanic gamers because Hispanic gamers could, you know, could come from any part of the United States. If you're, if you're in the United States, I think you were, you were okay as far as like not being, uh, yeah. stereotyped against. Now, if you were a Brazilian player, it was hard for you because I remember many times, uh, you know, zoning into a dungeon and listening to a Brazilian player or watching a Brazilian player type something in Portuguese in the chat and yeah. the rest of the group is like, let's kick this guy. Oh, my you know? God. And I think that it's just this, this initial hesitation <clears throat> to, to want to play and bridge the gap. Because, number one, you already know that you don't speak the language that this person speaks. If they're yeah. speaking Brazilian to you, Portuguese to you, you're, you're, you're going to type back in English and it's already, there's already going to be a communications issue. Well, I mean, you guys have to be in communication all the time right. to know what your guys are going to be doing. Right. Like maybe if your leader... Um, assumes that this person only speaks Portuguese, he's not going to be under, he's not going to understand. Right. Unless he knows what he's doing. And we just assume that he knows what he's doing, he or she. So it was hard. And and I'll tell you, it was hard for a lot of Brazilian players. And I felt bad because I then, you know, when I would give them a chance totally, you know, I had nothing against any kind of player and I would play with everybody. They were really good. You know, they're, they're just as good as anybody else, you know, and it's, and it's unfair that, that they didn't really get a chance to, I think, um, show how good they were. But let me ask you this. How many top WoW guilds are Brazilian? Not many. Not you know, many. how many top WoW guilds have Brazilian players in them? I'm sure there are some. But think of Midwinter. Think of uh, Vodka. I think of uh, Method. You know, do they have Brazilian players? They are full of Eastern European players. Yeah. And American. It's like a mix. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And well, I mean, there's also a thing that, I mean, I'm trying to be neutral and objective here, uh, but there's also a thing, a kind of a support in this country and certain countries in Eastern Europe or Europe or especially in the Far East where, I mean, this is a career. This is right. a, it's a career path. It, yeah. This is something that you might get the support of your parents and society. Yeah. Um I I don't think that will happen in in Latin America and Brazil, not even here still in the US, everywhere. I mean, I've been talking to people about universities now starting their own teams, esports right. teams, like right. giving uh, becas, how do you, um Yeah, scholarships. Scholarships um for the esports teams uh members and they're like, "What?" Uh, when you go to South Korea and those mm -hmm. kind of places, that's kind of, I don't know if this, this is normal, but it seems like it's more of an established industry there. Yeah. And they, like, to your point, they support their gamers. <clears throat> they support, yeah. there's a, there's an infrastructure. Uh, there are public events exactly. that, that rally around gamers. And not only that, uh, gamers that are gamers that win, I can, I can think of, You know, StarCraft, for example, and the StarCraft tournaments and how amazing those were. Uh, you know, some of those guys are like heroes yeah. in their countries. You know, I would love for us to say, you know, sit here five years from now, ten years from now and say, man, you know, those, we, we now have Dominican gaming heroes, yeah. Cuban gaming That'd heroes. So cool. Obviously, it's harder for Cubans, right, that live in Cuba yeah. to, to be, to, 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 to game. But uh, the Cubans that have come here, You know that are, that represent Cuba, exactly. Uh, you know, and say, you know, I'm a, I'm Cuban and I'm a gamer, and um, I think that there's something to be said about that. And it's it's a it's a market that, again, it's an opportunity. I think yep. for for us to support them. I I I'm gonna say that <clears throat> Hispanics are the the most uh, the proudest people playing video games because I don't play a lot online, but I can identify the Hispanics right away, like. An American will have a nickname that's Killer Man or <laughs> Happy For You or something yeah. like that. I mean, a Dominican has Manny DR right. or Ocho Cero Nueve right, or something right. like that. The, yeah. the Puerto Ricans always have PR yeah. or have a, a Coqui or have, yeah. a, <clears throat> or have a 787-787, right. their area code. Or their flags, mm -hmm. you know, Colombian soul. So, yeah. I mean, we are the proudest yeah, people. We totally we are. We want to have, I mean, we want to represent our country out there. Yeah. Even Capcom um, uh, Championship or tournament with the Street Fighter uh, V tournament last mm -hmm. year, this year, was it, right? Yeah, this year. There was a Dominican who won the the cup. Right. So, let's talk a little bit about that then. His so, men are the His men are they? So who are the known <laughs> Hispanic championship gamers? Who are they? Well, men are they? Right. So who, who plays Street Fighter? Street Fighter V. His right. name is Saul Leonardo Mena Segundo. Okay. And and tell me about him. Um, he's from Dominican Republic. Right. Um, he plays uh, Birdie and Laura in the game. I don't really know these characters. I don't play this game. Okay. Um, in his global rank is 23rd. Oh, wow. So he's up there. Yeah. And his Latin American rank is the fifth. Okay. And that's about it. That's what I have. I don't know where he's from in DR. Maybe from La Capital. 
Maybe. I will assume, but yeah. not necessarily Oops. sure. Um, rice, bar, mena rede. What's rice? Rice. Oh, maybe that's just part of his um his name, right? His name, yeah. Rice mena rede. Ah, yeah, yeah. yeah. His his full name, his full oh, name he's on is team rice. rice mena rede. His team rice. Yeah, his team rice. Okay, perfect. But you see, Errede, I mean, he has to put the he has to put the RD. He wants yeah. to represent Dominican Republic right. in this thing. And we are like other that. names like that. We are like that. We are like that. <laughs> I'll tell you one that's kind of different. Um, and I and I talked to you a little bit about him because you you already know this about me, but the community may not. I'm a big Hearthstone player. Yeah, uh, I love playing Hearthstone. I'm just super competitive with it. I've you always are overall like a big Blizzard. I am. Um, I am consumer. But I, I am, but I played Gwent. I also played oh, uh, yeah, a couple of other. That. Yeah, I played. I played a lot of Gwent. I've played a lot of card games since I was a kid. Well, Dungeons you know? and Dragons. Well, that's not a card game, but D and D is not a card game. But but Solitaire on the PC was really. <laughs> <laughs> so going back, but to I always confuse D and D with this other game, uh, Magic, Magic the Gathering. So yeah, so that's I, why I, I always I played Magic back in the day. <clears throat> um, I didn't really get into Magic as much as as some of my other friends did. Uh, but when I saw that I could buy virtual cards and just create a virtual card uh, collection. And play that. I, I really like that idea. And Hearthstone just appealed to me in so many ways. There's a player from Mexico uh, named Empanizado. Empanizado. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, That's he's so basically good. a community hero for, for uh, of the Mexican community. Um, and he uh, he has an amazing he has an amazing reputation. And he basically plays for Mexico's global games team. So think about that. Mexico has a global oh, they games have a team. team. They do. Okay. Um, but and, and they put forth some some pretty good players. Um, he won the global games. Uh, he fought his way to the top of the Copa America summer finals um, for Hearthstone. And you know this is a college student who used to play chess competitively, and he decided to to you know to play Hearthstone. Um, and so he was one of my favorite picks for uh, for the Hearthstone Summer Summer Games last year. Um, but yeah, so but even those two guys that we just mentioned, that's just two guys, right? That's just two guys, and and there aren't that many other guys that no. you can say are are Hispanic, not really, that are, that are gamers, streamers, um, for example, streamers. Yeah, like I I I I I do go a lot to Twitch just to watch the new games mm -hmm. before buying and all that. I'm not. I'm not an audience for like uh, esports, but I do go a lot to see if I want to buy a game and, and see it first. And I really hardly encounter a uh, Hispanic Hispanic streamer. There's a couple of big ones. There's one guy from uh, Mexico that's called I think Al Capone or something like okay. that. Okay, I haven't seen him, but I'm sure. Uh, he's apparently he's big. Every time I see him online. I follow. I followed him just just because it caught my attention. Oh, here's a Mexican or Hispanic streamer, and it seems to be big. Like every time I see him online, he has like 10k um, viewers yeah. and that kind of stuff. And I think Hispanic <coughs> streamers are more YouTubers than than Twitch uh, users. Um, from what I yeah, seen. I I don't do YouTube gaming a lot, mm -hmm. um, but I do mostly Twitch, but. And nowadays it's it's easier to, to get started on 
honestly, it's a lot easier to get started on YouTube and Mixer than it is to, on Twitch. Oh, really? Twitch has. I feel like it's so hard to start growing well, a fan the fan base on Twitch so, right now. So huge. I mean, there's yeah. it, there's so much noise yeah. in Twitch that it's harder to get on top. Um, to, you know. Yeah, to the top. You start in the very bottom of the list. Started from the bottom. Now we're still at the bottom. <laughs> <laughs> so it's really hard. And then you have like a hundred players that are with you down there yeah. and zero viewers. Now there's another streamer that I know. She is Colombian, and it's Alinity or something like that. Yeah, I think Alinity. Is her name. Yes, Alinity. She's uh, um, she's she doesn't stream in Spanish though. No, she streams, she streams in, in English. In English, yeah. but she's I think Colombian. Yeah, she's Colombian. And she's pretty huge. Yeah, she's big. Uh, she, I think she played WoW for a while. I mean, her following is big. Yeah, yeah. No, she played she... WoW for a while. Uh, <laughs> yeah, her. she's not physically a big person. <laughs> um, she has a big follower. Uh, she's really cool. If, if you guys want to check out Alinity, um, she's one of those. Uh, and I have seen many of her streams, I think. Uh, she has a good combination of, you know, kind of just having like a really cool personality and then just playing the games that people want to she plays watch well. at the time. She plays WoW. And um, Overwatch. And plays Overwatch, yeah. Mm -hmm. So I've seen I've seen some of those streams. Um, that's also part of it, right? You want to find... You want to... I mean, we all have our passions, right? Mm -hmm. But if you really want to make it in streaming, you, you kind of have to play the games people want to watch. Oh, yeah, right? definitely. You know, you want to be at the top of that list when people well, go it, to the list. Well, it's also... It's a double-edged sword because if you play Overwatch, there's so many people streaming mm -hmm. Overwatch. Mm -hmm. And we're talking about not only people, but channels that are showing the league games. Right. So we're talking about uh, a stream that probably has, you know, 50,000 viewers, 100,000 viewers, right. just because it's the league, it's a right. competitive uh, eSport league. Um, yeah. So it, it's it's harder. It's like streaming Fortnite. Like, everybody, know, everybody wants to stream Fortnite. Yes, of course, it's a game that's, you know, on top of mind of everybody and... The most popular game in the in the in the gaming world right now, but if you're gonna stream Fortnite, yeah, <laughs> good luck with that because yeah. there's so many users. Oh, I know it's too much right now. I you're, mean, you'll Ninja be a small alone. fish in a massive pond. Huh? You'll be you'd be a small fish in, yeah, a, exactly. in an ocean. Uh, you know? Versus maybe other games that are not as popular are gonna go higher in the list <clears throat> of the game, mm -hmm. and if. I mean, it most likely people interested in watching this game, that game, are going to be easy. You're going to get viewers way more easier than competing with these big channels, these big games. Right. <clears throat> uh, the cultural differences also play a big role because let's let's be real. We come from cultures that really don't support games. Exactly. You know, so it's it's not fair to just say, oh, you know, all these other countries are so much better and they have so much recognition. Well, they, those countries, again, they support gaming. You guys have already heard my story. Uh, you, you probably heard a little bit of Fcos's story by now. You know, growing up, games were kind of a taboo thing in Hispanic households. Yeah. You know, it, it wasn't, uh, you know, it wasn't going to lead to a career. It wasn't going to lead to, you know, us becoming successful in any way. I mean, I, mm -hmm. at least that's what the thought was back then. So we, we were well, told we back were then wasting and our now. time. Well, yeah, still to a certain extent today. And not even, and not even. I'm sorry that I um, interrupted, but not even. I mean, for us, it was like that back in those days, us being there. But that cultural, you mentioned culture. Yes. Um, still 
exist here. Right. Um, yeah, those are old world values that are brought here. right now that are growing up here that are probably not even speaking Spanish, but have the cultural background, the Latin or Hispanic or Dominican or whoever, mm-hmm. background are being ra- raised um, that way. Yeah. With that mentality of you're wasting your time. Right. And don't get me wrong, I mean... Some kids are wasting their times. Right. Uh, yeah, uh, that's absolutely true. But some other kids may have bigger opportunities. Yeah, sure. And and those With kids. Passion. I mean, I I still feel like even those kids that are wasting their time, at least they're doing something that they love. Well, but, yeah. Know, and so to a certain that's extent, why you're a kid, right? Yeah, it's your kid, so be a kid. Uh, <laughs> now, if you're if you're an adult already and you're still you still have aspirations to game. Then come talk to us because we'll tell you about all the stuff you can do in gaming <laughs> because you may not have you know the skills to be a top Call of Duty player, but the gaming industry is so wide that it's a mainstream industry. Yeah, it's right? a mainstream industry, so there's so it's many. It's not ways a mainstream you can find activity. That's the weird thing. Yeah, which is weird. It still feels a li- well. It's a mainstream activity. It's it a is mainstream now. hobby, but it's very. Uh, you know, I, I I don't know how to. It's still it's a little, judged. it's still a little weird. It's still a little taboo. Yeah, you get you get the judgy eyes when yes. you tell people. Still, I, I was watching like niche. So if you tell people, okay, I was, uh, you know, I watched uh, Monday Night Football. Okay, that's great. You watched Monday Night Football. Congrats, who won? Oh, you know, the Dolphins lost. Okay, there's whatever. nothing about that. There's nothing that's, about that. It's just normal, it's a given. Quote, it's a given. You know what? I spent Sunday watching Overwatch League. Mm-hmm. What? what? What were you watching? <laughs> well, I was watching other people play video games. Why you spend your time watching other? Yeah, it's really really cool. Like you get to learn all these different ways on how to not just you play better, but it's entertaining to see yeah. the skill level. Mm-hmm. The same amount of of awe inspiring greatness that you see in you know uh, a quarterback throwing a perfect pass to a receiver and him catching it in in the end zone and. You know, just it's just so magical that I feel that same experience. I'm amazed when I watch somebody play Widow at a professional level and they can zoom snipe somebody, you know, from 100 yards away, jumping off of a cliff. Yeah. You know, it, it, to me, that is just beyond now, cool. You tell that to your friends, maybe. Right. Now, imagine telling that to your parents. Uh, to your parents. <laughs> My mom to like, your Dominican mom. <laughs> no, forget it. Yeah, she wouldn't. Uh, I mean, I, now today I could explain it to her, and she might be like, "Okay, I get how that's difficult." My mom will but, never. But she'll still say. But she, she might still think that uh, that it's just you know that it's just me being me. <laughs> you know, me, me loving games uh, an, an interesting thing that we pulled from hispanicgamers.com Hispanics expressed more interest in watching others play video games compared to non-Hispanics That's so interesting There's it's another nugget there It's more taboo but, And we are the bigger audience But we're the biggest <laughs> audience And we're also the, wow. the fastest growing audience um, Hispanics are nearly twice as likely to buy and wear video game branded apparel Would you, say, would you, would you dare to say that we watch more um, More uh, more streams or, or that kind of gaming content, if you will, um, because we have, we can uh, we can't always have the games. Maybe because you know it's. I see kids here that have tons and tons and tons of games. And, yeah. You know, and back in the yard, it wasn't that way. Yeah, at all. I mean, I think I mean, some I times had, have changed. I, think. I like eight games and I was the guy in El Barrio who had the most the most games yeah. <laughs> yeah I mean I think back in the day 
that was probably the case. Uh, I think today uh, it's a little bit different. I, yeah. I think maybe it's it's more about checking the games out, right? Because maybe maybe you don't have the game, but maybe you're interested in buying it, and maybe you only have X amount of disposable income to buy something like yeah. that, and so you want to really find out if you like the game. So you start That's watching me. streams, definitely. You know, you start watching streams. I'd rather watch a stream than watch a game review. So you you would say then that well, I mean that contradicts the data too because where I was going was then you would say that non-Hispanic will just go ahead and buy the game. But then we have the data that not mm -hmm. that Hispanics actually buy more games than non-Hispanics. Right, right. So that's I interesting. Think, I, I think that it's weird to, to split that to split the crowd up into Hispanic and non-Hispanic there, only because we're all buying games. And mm -hmm. we're all buying games at an increased rate compared to five years ago, ten years ago. Yeah. So everybody's playing more games, buying more games, watching more games. I just think that, and based on the data, Hispanics are over-indexing that rate, right? And uh, when it comes to watching games, we're over-indexing. It's not just buying games, watching games. And then significantly more Hispanics self-identify as being hardcore or professional video game players. So not only are we watching, are we playing? Why are and, and we in the leagues then? Exactly. So <laughs> I, I, okay, so here's something that I told you. Remember when we started talking about games? I, I considered myself at one point a hardcore gamer. You still are. I don't know. Well, not even close. <laughs> not even close. Not even close. Maybe my mentality is, but but <clears throat> the proof is in the pudding, right? The proof is in putting the hours in to, to get better and to be a champion. Like that mentality of that being the best. That is very interesting because I can see if, if I'm more of a consumer of content mm -hmm. uh, about games more than an actual guy who plays like i i would sit down and play two hours yeah not every day i would play like two three times a week mm -hmm. and play just for two hours and i'm done and i have my fix right but then consuming videos consuming content reading stuff i do a lot of stuff that's about gaming okay like i i I get magazines, I watch videos online, I watch all the reviews, right. I watch uh, streams. So it's interesting that you say that because yeah. I do consume a lot of media that's about gaming, mm -hmm. even more than, than more than the amount that, that I play the games, actually. Mm -hmm. And where are you playing most of your games? I play most of my I'm going to say P, uh, PlayStation. PlayStation right now. Yeah, I recently got the PC, and I'm playing on PC, but I, I'm still more of a PlayStation player. I think uh, based off of the Think Now research, it says that most Hispanic gamers are playing mobile or PC. Would you include then in all these numbers mobile? I would. Because we know as marketers that Hispanics over-index in the use of mobile. So yeah. that's basically why our plans are mostly mobile Right. Uh, when we're doing... When we're doing advertising. Digital plans. Yeah. yeah. No, absolutely. I mean, I, if, and this is something that we talked about with one of our coworkers the other day. Yeah. When we asked them, hey, are you, do you consider yourself a gamer? No. Uh, do you play Pokemon Go? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> but well, so you're a gamer. I'm sorry. Gamer. I hate to break it to you, you know. Uh, and you don't have to look at me with the judgy eyes and I'm not judging you, but uh, you're a gamer. Yeah. Sorry. And um, that's actually something really interesting because. Well, you will. You, you could will... be a gamer. 
and not even know it. Yes, but this is this is oh. this is this is kind of for another episode for sure. But there's a debate on whether you are a gamer or not if you play on mobile. There is a debate. If yes. you're considered a gamer, right? There is a debate. So and that's food for another episode, but yeah. just want to throw it out there. Yeah, and and I think that it's a debate. It's a, it's a, it's an interesting debate. Um, obviously, there are things that you can and can't do on mobile that you can't do on PC and on uh, on consoles. So it's an interesting debate. But a lot of people spend time playing games on mobile. And yeah, that's just the, and that's just the truth. And games like Hearthstone, for example, you don't lose any functionality from the PC to the uh, to the to to your tablet or to your phone. Well, frame rate. <laughs> okay. You lose, yeah. So you lose quality of life. Okay. Quality of life things like uh, Hearthstone deck tracker, yeah. uh, frame rate, sound. Well, now now that. Yeah, I'm, I'm not going to get into that because this is not for this episode. Yeah. But just throwing it out there, we can continue with the Hispanic topic. Mm-hmm. But now that games that were on PC and, and, and consoles are transitioning to tablet like PUBG and, and Fortnite, are we still having that debate? But let's let's continue with our topic yeah. of today because yeah. we're, we're kind of going to a different thing. No, but that's okay. <laughs> how many how many hours a week do you think uh, Hispanics spend playing video games? I mean, how many hours do you play a week? A week, I'm going to say I play uh, tops eight hours. Okay. Um, so right now, Hispanics overall play almost 12 hours a week. Okay. Compared to non-Hispanics who play a little bit over nine. Twelve? Versus nine. Versus nine. Wow. It's, it's three more hours. That's a lot of... Really? That's a lot more consumption if you think about it. Three, find three hours well, in the week it's to an do average. anything you wanted. Yeah, yeah, it's an average. I mean, three hours, it's for me two days <laughs> yeah. sometimes. Exactly. For, for, yeah, for me, it's a week sometimes. Yeah, you know? exactly. Uh, and that's mostly uh, between ages 18 to 34... That is actually driving that average up. So back to your point, it is an average 18 to 34 Hispanics, 14 plus hours a week. Okay. And then to Hispanics, 35 to 64, still over indexed non-Hispanics. Wow. 9.7 hours versus 9.1 hours. Um, and then his male versus female Hispanics, female Hispanics play over 10 hours a week. That's a lot of hours. Now in the Hispanic, do we have, or do you know... How many females, uh, Hispanic players there is? Um, like a number, like a finite well, number. Well, maybe a percentage. Um, like well, in the Hispanic gamer community, what percentage is female? Do do we know? Yeah, I mean, I can give it to you. Um, I think it's uh, so all past twelve month players. Uh, the average age has been thirty seven for Hispanics. And forty-seven percent have been female. Oh wow! Yeah, so that's but a, that's including mobile. That's everything. That's mobile. Yeah, console. Because I I do know uh, that there are more females. There more. There's more uh, women playing on mobile than men. By the way, I just want to clarify the data that I'm that I'm citing is from Think Now Research. Oh yeah, Hispanic Omnibus study that was done uh, a few years back. I think it was April twenty. 15 or 2014 i have to double it's in hispanicgamers.com i think hispanicgamers.com you can look at demographics there so Um, it's interesting yeah and and i would say that even in the hispanic i mean 
females in in gaming are still a, I mean if gaming is taboo women playing games it's even more taboo right and then hispanic women playing then, games is like it's it's even like more, even, even more. more i wouldn't even call it taboo i would just call it less likely you would almost think that you're less likely to find well but the data is kind of showing something different it no? is it is it's because we're, we're we're kind of split in half yeah. basically in terms of 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 uh gender yeah uh proportion of time spent playing by themselves and with others i think you said it earlier Hispanics tend to play more with others. Uh, so when you're off... We're more social. We're more social. So the It's sp- also in advertising. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, that's true too. We always have to create content that's showing us as Hispanics that being very social because that's how we find the content relatable. Right, exactly. But, but look at this statistic compared to non-Hispanics. Hispanics are twice as likely to play online with strangers... Are so, more likely? Yeah, you're. We're thirty. So it's a thirty percent online with people you don't know versus sixteen percent non-Hispanic. Wow, that's twice as likely to play with online strangers. Uh, and I think that that's fascinating because yeah, maybe we are yearning. You know, some <laughs> of it is we want to find another Dominican out there. We want to find another, <laughs> you know, some otro tigre to play with, you know? And I not think me, that's not something. me. I, re- I really hate playing with people. Well, yeah, but I, I, you say that, but at the same time, you have a lot of fun. I've watched you play FIFA. I've watched you play, we played WoW together. We played Diablo together. And I know you were having fun. <laughs> I know you were, so. Well, I mean, I'm very, the, yeah. I know you prefer. This is food for I know another. Prefer, it is. It is for another you, episode. I know you prefer the the. Well, long, the thing is the intensity the in people. Experience. I'm not competitive while playing. Yeah. So for me, yes. The other day I was playing with Ivan, mm-hmm. uh, FIFA. Right. But uh, I wasn't. I wasn't really competitive. Uh, yes, I was having tons of fun. But mm-hmm. that's the way I like playing with other people, just mm-hmm. to have fun. I, I want to have fun. I don't want to be getting pissed. And, and all that because of, oh, you're not doing things right or whatever. Now, the other thing is that I was playing FIFA and I was my own team right. against Ivan's team. Mm-hmm. So I wasn't really playing with him. I was playing against him. Right. So, so when I'm playing with people yeah. and I'm in the mode of let's have fun and other people are in the mode of proness and competitiveness. I'm a, yeah, I'm going to beat you. Yeah, I, I, well, not going to beat me. Like, we're in the same team. Like, in Destiny, we're a fire team. Right. And then everybody else gets pissed because, oh, you're not doing things right. Fuck you, blah, blah, blah. You know, I don't, <laughs> I don't like those kind of things. Like, I, I'm on my own pace. I'm having fun. Yeah. Um, I'm the guy. I die. Yeah, okay, I died. That's okay. I'll try it again. I'm the guy. I'm the guy <laughs> in the party like, yo, we need to kick F Cozy. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Not, he's not playing. I'm he's the dying. Portuguese he's in that team dies. that you mentioned. I'm the Portuguese. Uh, I'm not like that anymore. But I used to be pretty brutal. Uh, but, you know, hey, look, th- here's the truth. When you have, I mean, at least back in the day with like World of Warcraft and games like that, you have a finite group. You have a guild of 100 members and you want to bring your best 30, 20, whatever players to the to the raid. And that means you're excluding other people. So... You can't oh. exclude others, and you can't bring in. So here's what happens: you, Imagine this: Everyone's on Discord, all right. Mm-hmm. Everyone's also watching streams of the raid. So you're watching the performance of everyone in that raid. And so, if you believe that your performance could be better than somebody else, 
you're the guy messaging me saying, okay, Tigre died at the same spot five times, just bring me in, you know, and I can do that. And so that's what ends up happening. Oh, wow. You know? So it's that's how competitive that, that it is. That is too much. If that's how competitive it I is. I could never be a WoW player. <laughs> you say that now, but I think you would have been. I Oof. think you would have been. I think you would have been a, a good WoW player. I and do. especially being a Hispanic, nobody's going to understand me and then kick here's me why. Off. No, but here's why you would have been good. <laughs> because at least even at that stage, you need to give people a chance. And maybe there's something that that player isn't good at and, and on that boss fight. Mm-hmm. But maybe the next fight, he's really good at it. Mm-hmm. You know, so what you do is as a leader, you say, you know what, Tigre, I'm going to sit you for this fight because you're having trouble. Mm-hmm. And, you know, go take a breather. But for the next boss fight, I'll bring you back in. Exactly. And, and you're doing, it's a roster. You're basically swapping guys in and out. So, I mean, you have to look at it that way. It's not like you're just chopping people out. Now, of course, there's jerks in, in every guild and in every association in, in life, in every game, and every team. There's always a jerk. Uh, you know, so you got to deal with those guys, but whatever. Um, just one more statistic uh, yeah. that I thought was really interesting um, before we start to wrap this one up. But Hispanics are actually more likely than non-Hispanics to play video games on their mobile device. Are most more likely, likely to more play likely. on the mobile device. So we have a mobile device such as cell phone or tablet. We're seventy percent uh, yeah. more likely than that non-Hispanics. Console video gaming systems were at 68%, non-Hispanics at 63%. And here's where there's a switch. This is the first time I've seen in any of these graphs where Hispanics don't dominate. Look at it, what it is. Laptop Laptop or desktop desktop computer, computer. we are at 67% and and non-Hispanics are at 73%. And I think that goes back to what you were saying is that cost of entry. Well, yeah, we have to go back to reality is that maybe the Hispanic market... Not the market, but the Hispanic people. I'm the so consumer. used to. Yeah. I'm so used to agency life. Hispanic yeah. market. Yeah, I'm sorry. <laughs> it's okay. But the Hispanic gamers, uh, you know, I mean, Hispanics as 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 a whole in the, uh, in the in the U.S. We don't make as much money. Right. Uh, we are. Um, we have lower incomes, so it makes sense because consoles are. You know, way cheaper than than, than the high end PCs yeah, and all that. Rate. I mean, a, a, the a lower end PC will cost you more than a console, and will give you, and the console will give you better performance actually. Yeah. And so here's what happens: I, as a Hispanic, still want to play that PC game. Mm-hmm. So what do I end up doing? I end up buying a handheld gaming system instead. Yeah, and that's where Hispanics are at 43% and non-Hispanics are at wow. 28%. So, and that, that makes total sense to me. Yeah. Living here in South Florida, I know that everybody that I know that I grew up with had a Game Boy or had a, some sort of gaming system or a PS Vita or I had a, a DS or a 3DS, you know, and I still have my Game Boy XP up there. I'll show it to you later. It's so cool. <laughs> um, but yeah, and uh, I think that, that those are just some interesting statistics, um, but they kind of bring to light a lot of those cultural differences, the, those cultural gaps between Hispanics and, uh, and the rest of the population. I think our goal as part of the podcast is to bring light to some of those things, not just for saying that you know we recognize this as something that is happening in the world. You know, we do have some altruistic reasons for doing it because we do want uh you know it would be really cool to see a hispanic gaming team it would be really cool to see a team caribe you know representing yeah, yeah, you know that the, the the best of the best that 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 the caribbean la has copa to offer. latina la copa latina you see it in almost every other 
um, and every other sport out there. You know, yeah. we have representation. So why not in this? You know, so w- this is more of just us saying that uh, we belong on that world stage just as much as anybody else does. Uh, we have the skills to do it. And uh, we, you know, we have champions too. And uh, maybe one day you and I can start a gaming school, you know, and push that and, and make that a reality yeah. for, for some gamers, uh, you know, that, that have some aspirations to be to be champions and to be the best. I think that would be really cool. It's a huge thing. I, I remember reading um, that, or somebody told me, maybe it was you, I don't remember, but we're, we were talking about esports. And the industry right now, as of today, is a, is a half a billion dollar industry. Right. And in the following two, three years, it's expected to be over, way over a billion dollar industry. So not only the gaming industry as, you know, making games, making stories, artists, and, and all these things, it's a it's huge right now that we should have, and we have here in the U.S., but not necessarily in other par- parts of the world or Latin America for this specific topic. <clears throat> We don't have like um, university cu- curriculums and, right. and gaming development and all that. Right. Um, so I think it's time for us to have it, not only because of that. And then we, we also have esports that it's growing at a really fast pace. Yeah. It's becoming something less of a taboo every single day. And, um, and the entire world is participating. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, well, not the entire world, but you know, most of the developed world is mm-hmm. participating already, and even countries like Brazil is there. To, yeah. uh, Mexico is mm-hmm. there. Uh, where's Canada? Where's the Caribbean? Yeah, where's... one of my favorite Hearthstone players is Purple from Canada. <clears throat> yeah, you know, he's not Hispanic, but I mean, there aren't too many Canadian players either. Yeah, you know, so I'm glad that he's at least representing that part of the world. Exactly. Where, where are our nicknames, our teams with eight oh nine, seven oh seven, PR in, or or you know, Patacol Pisao, yeah, yeah, Col Tostón, Colombia. You know, stuff like that. Where are they? We want them in the leagues. We want a league that's Platano power. You know. Yeah, it would be really cool. And these countries, all Hispanic countries, can do it. I think it's just. You know, growing up to being able to do it, and here in the U.S., where are all the Hispanic? I mean, this data shows that we are the biggest, um, the growing segment, segment playing games. Yep. Where are they? Where, where, where are, are they? they? Yeah, where, where, where are they? Where, where are we playing? Where Where are the leagues? Yeah. Uh, where's the South Florida Hispanic League or? Yeah. Or or New York, you know, gaming Puerto Rican yeah. gaming league or we need whatever. To find out because they doesn't have necessarily to have to be something pro or to go to Korean. No, but yeah. this little groups. Let's let's start from there. Yeah, I think that's a good place to start. <clears throat> or in schools, you know. Yeah. Where where they, I mean, you have universities now that are supporting gaming. You have universities yeah. that are that have you know, for example, there's a there. Speaking of Hearthstone, there are a couple of universities out there. I think Texas Tech is one of them that supports uh, or has a, a scholarship for student athletes for gaming, for yeah. esports. Uh, and a lot of schools are starting to do that. And I think that's a great sign that maybe in the future we will start to see Hispanic gamers come up through the university system 
yeah. uh, that that got in by virtue of being good at, at a game. And and the same way that people get into school playing chess and being good at exactly. chess, you yeah, know, you can be good at be good. And at just to be clear, I mean, I I wouldn't support, and this is a conversation we had before even the podcast. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't be. I'm not saying here. Let's let's put together a team or a group or a thing. Only for Hispanics, only about Hispanics, mm-hmm. only Spanish, only Mexicans, or only... No. I think that defeats the purpose. I would like to go to the University of Florida and look at their team and see that they have a Hispanic name there in the team. Yeah. It's a team of five, and there's, you know, there's American um, kids, and there are also Hispanic kids. Right. Um, I mean, not to say American, but non-Hispanic Right. Kids and Hispanic kids, or you know, it's integrate, and and we see there's a lot of game Hispanic American gamers, but we don't see their names and right. and this teams and what's going on. Yeah, I think the future will be interesting <clears throat> for Dominicans. We have a huge overrepresentation of baseball players in the major leagues. Yeah. So when you look at sports, there are a lot of Dominican baseball players because Dominicans grow up with a baseball glove on their hand. And that's it. You know, you go <laughs> outside, and, and that's it. And we're out there <laughs> and we're doing it. Um, and in the future, it's going to be, you know, kids growing up today with a, a handheld gaming console. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I think we'll see, we'll see a big change in the future. But, uh, but, uh, yeah, so that's, uh, that's going to be, that's going to be how we wrap up the episode uh, this week, uh, we want to thank you guys for joining us. Next podcast episode five is uh, we're gonna we're gonna focus on virtual reality. So we may have a guest speaker for that. Um, somebody that has uh, has been playing some VR for some time. I will have already experienced um, some VR by then. I'm gonna try to get F Coast to put on one of these headsets and <laughs> and and jump around in in one of these virtual Don't spaces. Let me fall. I promise you, I won't let you fall uh, <laughs> one, too many times. Um, and so yeah. I want to. I want to also add a happy uh, Hispanic Heritage Month. Yeah, uh, that's actually why we're making this episode. Absolutely, we never mentioned it, but yeah. that's actually why the idea of, of making this episode is because here in the U.S. is Hispanic Heritage Month. Um, so yeah, happy uh, Happy Hispanic Heritage Month. Happy Hispanic Heritage Month. See Peace. you later. Talk to you later. Talk to you later. <laughs> Bye. Bye.